0: Welcome everyone to episode 216 of the Metabilis 2 podcast, which features myself, Ben. And I am David, and I guess since we last spoke, Guy Fawkes Day happened. Guy Fawkes Night, fireworks, bonfire night, fireworks night, Guy Fawkes Night has occurred. Did you celebrate in Minneapolis? We did, yes. We did actually our (laughs) very first, our very first bonfire night party. Really, Um, We got Hmm. a bunch of people around. We had a fire in the backyard. We let off fireworks, which I hope didn't scare our neighbors too much, because obviously mid-November fireworks. Um, kind of out of not... place in Minneapolis. Yep. Luckily, the cops didn't show up and shoot us all, so that was a plus. <laughs> and we burnt a guy. in, So we, we, we found a broom, and we dressed the broom up as a vaguely Trumpy-looking individual, um, or maybe a Johnsonite <laughs> individual, and we threw him on the bonfire and burnt him to death. So that was Ugh. great. Uh, the doctor did not did not show up. Um, but it was it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it was good. It was yeah. Put some sausages on the grill. Mm-hmm. Um, just finished watching actually. Just finished watching a show called Gunpowder, which is a three episode, three part mini series about the Gunpowder Plot. Um, which had a James the who was not nearly as good as Alan Cumming. So that was a bit disappointing.
1: Yeah, I was kind of disappointed that they never did a sequel with Alan Cumming. As James the First, and I mean, the Gunpowder Plot would have been
0: would have been ideal, perfect. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's already. Wasn't there a Virgin MA about the? I've not read it about the Gunpowder Plot.
1: Well, there was also the uh, 3D adventure game that came out during the Matt Smith era that had the Rutans
0: behind the Gunpowder Plot. I can imagine the Rutans would be very anti-James the First. They're famously homophobic. (laughs) Um. They were. They're. They're much more.
1: <laughs> they are homophobic. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you just you derailed me there. I was thinking that they're 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 Republicans. They they oh. they're
0: anti monarchists oh, t- They're not they're anti-monarchy. I thought, oh but, interesting. Uh, okay, okay. I was imagining they'd be like you know I don't know the Quattaris of outer space. <laughs> but okay, so they're, they're 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 passionate Republicans. I did not know that about the Rutans. About the Rutans, yeah, I, I don't know
1: either. That would that would have been my oh, right. okay. why they were yeah. weren't going to do it. I, I didn't think they would really care about. Well, you never know. Well, it sort of like the Santarans. Santarans really don't care about human sexuality. It's rather inefficient, and I imagine the Rutans would be the Equally.
0: same. But... well, you never know though. They might have very strong. They might have very strong views. <laughs> um, you know, they might be the they, they might be the Marjorie Taylor Greens of of the cosmos. You
1: know, if you if you don't reproduce by emitting uh, whatever, rutans emit in the <laughs> rutan
0: seas, then you're just not acceptable. Exactly, exactly. If you release your sperm sacs <laughs> in the wrong way, mm-hmm. then rutans the rutan is just yep. out to get you. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I, I think I think I, uh, RTD two, if you're listening. We demand the return of Alan Cumming and we demand the return of James the First. Um James the First is a gay icon. It would advance your gay agenda. Um, so I think this needs to happen. It could be. We have three specials coming we in uh
1: twenty twenty four. We or do twenty twenty three. Sorry, next year. Next 2023, year. Twenty twenty three and then Shudigatwa takes over as the fifteenth doctor according to DWM 15th in
0: twenty twenty four. Yeah. i am not actually i not not got my copy of DWM yet, so um, spoiler. I haven't either. I haven't uh, plunked down and bought my e copy, but yeah, we'll see. Apparently, according to Twitter, which again you knows whether Twitter is the truth anymore, thanks to Elon <laughs> Musk, um, those are copies of um, DWM are selling out. Uh, the people are putting them on eBay for like twice as much money as they as they paid for them. Why? Because they because I, I guess people are, are thinking that it's some kind of collectible edition. 'Cause you know, it's a return to the diamond logo, it's a return to David Tennant's on the front. No. You know, we so. better
1: order yours from WHONA
0: quick. Then. I know. Well I mean it's not up on Who not up on Huna yet. So um basically okay. Monday the Monday the Monday after the Thursday of release is when they tend to have them. So I'm gonna be taking so refresh Monday. like mm-hmm. a like a madman um on, on Huna. Um, who could sponsor this podcast if they wanted? I'm just <laughs> saying. Um,
1: My son bought enough Target audio novelization books there, <laughs> and I, I bu- bu-
0: buy a DWM like literally every month from them, so they get like you know twenty bucks or something from me every month. So
1: it's not cheap.
0: No, it's it is not, not cheap.
1: cheap for the physical copy of. Yeah. Well, even the electronic copy is not cheap, yeah. but the physical copy with shipping. I know. It's it's expensive stuff. Mm-hmm. It's always uh, Doctor Who magazine has always been expensive. That's why I never really read it when I was a teen when it was right. in the eighties because it just was pricey. Yeah. And they always had the wrong doctor on it on the cover. Anyway, are you
0: are you, are you getting the um, the the those kind of year specials that they're doing?
1: I got the up? Tom Baker nineteen seventy. Five, I think it was or 74 No, 1975 Tom Baker one I got a Patrick Troughton one and then I just kind of
0: lost interest oh because I, I just got the the 1973 one which um I very much enjoyed oh, pert. yeah the the a pert we won and realizing of course 1973 was a it's a, that that was my big begi- that was my year that was my beginning year for mm. Doctor Who so it, mm-hmm. it was a it was a must purchase well, I might pick that one up, too. Well, who knows? But that? I I haven't been
1: exhaustive in my collection. I never picked up the, the Hartnell one. And Right, 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 right. I'm imagining, you know, 1990 is going to be a pretty skinny, <laughs> skinny volume.
0: Well, you see. You never know. I mean, I don't know whether they're planning to do it like every year, which would be weird. But anyway, we'll see. Well, I think they will because
1: that's how these things work.
0: you got to cash in. Yeah, exactly. you got to keep making the money. And they do have it if you take out a subscription, they do say you're going to get a certain number of specials per year so i mean anyway um well um we're, we're getting off topic we're just we're just kind of yes, rambling now this is banter that we normally cut it's, but it's well <laughs> banter. um uh, but we we have an exciting have we have an exciting topic this week the tardis can it exist on its own without a doctor to pilot it
1: yeah can the show the show in general do you need doctor who
0: to have yeah exactly. the show? wow and he's, of course his name is doctor who let's 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 not forget
1: Yeah, so the idea is, this came to me on my walk home from work, that really the only constant, the only consistent thing in Doctor Who is not Doctor Who, and that was really driven home with the Chibnall era that Doctor Who isn't a static concept. It isn't a linear progression of backstory from Hartnell through the Whitaker Doctor. The only constant is the TARDIS, and my thought is... I think the show could work or could have worked or a show can work with just the TARDIS and various crew. If you think of the TARDIS as being semi-autonomous and that the TARDIS uh, either brings people in or kicks people out of the TARDIS and travels through space and time and takes them where they need to go, you really don't need the Doctor. You could have a, a succession of crew. So I would put this back to when Hartnell was leaving the show. Okay. Doctor Who could be a title rather than a character. So say Steven Taylor becomes the new Doctor Who. Say at the end of DMP, the Doctor sacrifices his life and then Steven takes on the mantle, Doctor Who, and continues on, for example. So you just have a, you could have a series of TARDIS cruise, but you wouldn't necessarily have to have this continuation of character, I guess. The, 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 ah, the continuation of character is the TARDIS, or the continuation hmm. of the series is the TARDIS. Hmm. You don't need Doctor Who.
0: But, I mean, hmm, okay, that's uh, that's an interesting... I, I you, you, you suggested this topic to me um, over text, and I've been thinking about it. I hadn't realized that it was quite so well bought out, uh, the, 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 that shouldn't be a surprise because obviously I've been talking to you about Doctor Who for several years now. So, um, isn't that just what the show is, though? The idea that the show is about Doctor Who is wrong. The constant
1: in the show is the TARDIS and various crews. And there is nothing special about the Doctor other than you try to choose a charismatic lead actor to pilot The TARDIS for a a specific period of time, but really the continuity between uh, many faces, single person—that's that's baggage. Yeah, and it's really. I think Chibble made a mockery of it completely with uh destroying the backstory of well the Doctor isn't from Gallifrey. Yeah. You've now made that whole character irrelevant. You don't need Doctor
0: Who for Doctor Who. Yeah, so so originally I mean, as I think we all we all sort of know that the kind of uh the lead characters in Doctor Who nineteen sixty three were were ian and barbara those were the those were the people yeah. who the show was about and mm-hmm. that the doctor doctor who whatever you want to call him was the kind of you know and anta- um, am i right saying antagonist anyway the the the
1: yeah he was kind of the, the antagonist. antagonist yeah
0: he, he kidnapped barbara and exactly ian. <laughs> so uh, but then you know i think because of hartnell's excellent and charismatic portrayal of the character i think you know really we're going to give Bill Hartnell the the kudos here, which is, makes you know his the writing of the Hartnell Doctor in you know contemporary, the first Doctor in contemporary, who all the more kind of irritating, um, uh, you know, as a kind of you know sixties throwback sexist racist person. Mm. But I mean, I think I think because because of the excellence of his performance, the character took over the show. But one could imagine an instance where. You know, there's a crazy old man who's accidentally been kidnapped himself by an not an insane time machine, but a Machiavellian time machine, and is desperate to get new people involved so that he can he can escape. You know, it's almost like a mind robber um, plot. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, or 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 like the Omega thing. Like Omega is looking for. People who can take over his realm so right. that he can escape, but then of course what he realises is that his realm is him, is himself, so he cannot, so he, he can't escape, which is what's so great about the three doctors. But you know he's looking for people to to kind of replace him, mm-hmm. and one can imagine you know that that, that you know that you have a rogue time machine that is kind of you know careening around the universe, grabbing people and getting them to do something. Thing. Um, well
1: you just think of Genesis of the Daleks.
0: Right. Uh, if it, uh
1: like the audio version where the TARDIS lands on the planet and they have to solve something, you basically the TARDIS kidnaps people, puts them in situations, they either sink and swim, they're a time machine. So they can go back and if, if Commando Team A didn't work, let's find Commando Team beam B and go <laughs> go in and work. And they could try, try again. And I think it adds peril because you don't know if this crew right. is going to survive. You always know the Doctor is going to survive because the Doctor is a Gallifreyan or whatever and can regenerate. And there's always, you know, the Doctor is dead, long live the Doctor. You can imagine that you could have a really bleak time team that just that doesn't make it that the peril is too high and so the TARDIS finds a new crew and brings it aboard and it uh, this probably was influenced a little bit by the recent BBC podcast series uh, Redacted oh okay there was always this blue box showing up when bad things are happening so I can totally see this show working without the character of Doctor Who you can have the same shared universe i think the peril the stakes are higher when you don't have a godlike figure in the
0: doctor so the tardis is the you know protagonist
1: the tardis is the constant,
0: the the, constant. i mean the
1: tardis is is the constant through the series and as it has been but, the tardis doesn't change okay.
0: but what does the tardis want what does the doctor want yeah, I mean, you sort of put your finger a little bit on it. This is going to be the difficult fallout from the Chibnall years is that we have as, as you've said is that the doctor could be anybody any at, at this point. Um, mm. And we're not really quite sure what they're what they're up to, if anything at all. Um, what we're talking about is maybe fixing some of the Chibnall problems in this way. So again is the tardis trying to do good in the universe is it trying to do bad in the universe or is it just kind of careening about and because you know for reasons is always kind of landing in a situation where things are in flux and stuff needs to be changed well if you take battles need to be won
1: yeah if you take neil gaiman's uh, personification of the tardis and idris she always took the doctor where he needed to go Right. So the TARDIS could be seen as something that's trying to repair rips in time or things that would destroy time if left unchecked. So you're going back to, again, Genesis of the Daleks idea, if the Daleks aren't thwarted or diverted or, or something, then that would tear apart the fabric of time. So that's where the TARDIS is going. So the TARDIS is uh, sentient. It, it can sense time disruptions or anything but it can't really tell it's not like a mission impossible type thing where you get an envelope and this is your mission to go destroy the dalek creation right instead the tardis would have a crew the crew would get basically dropped off and it's part of the whole story is to figure out why the heck they're there and do the right thing and maybe what if they do the wrong thing what if you get a crew um (laughs) what if your crew is the ronnie and the master type right. thing <laughs> or or the grand serpent if you kidnap the wrong right. person so it so, so, you could
0: get the wrong out so the so the todd is 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 seeking out people it's not a kind of like whoops here's a here's a here's a so the, it's it's kind of looking for people throughout the universe to do a particular job it's kind of like um it's what what it's it's, it's like charlie from charlie's angels it's kind of you know it, it's there's jobs to do yeah, and I guess Charlie's Angels are a constant, um, but you know yep. it's, it's kind of saying okay, or, or Mission Impossible. You know, this, this is mm-hmm. you know if this is your mission, if you choose to accept it.
1: But they wouldn't know the mission;
0: they'd have to try to figure out the mission and work it out. Yeah. Um, they're going to die pretty quickly, though, if they don't have a doctor figure to kind of like, well, this is what's going on here; these are Daleks. Uh, um, I, I disagree. I think that becomes stick, writing. Avoid. Yeah, I disagree. I think that becomes writing. Okay. Right, so, yeah, so you 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 don't literally plonk someone down in the middle of a, a war or something and expect them to work out how to win it. Or you plonk down the right people if you're in the middle of a war.
1: If you're going to dump someone in the middle of a war, you're going to put in someone who has some war experience. You can imagine maybe a character like the Brigadier say a retired brigadier right. um, puts in and you know sort of like right I'll sort this out right now it's sort of like someone with experience you wouldn't have to have the solution be a militaristic solution right ultimately a lot of doctors solutions are militaristic it often well is a war, you know, yeah. just
0: blow it up yeah so i'm just i'm, I'm the reason why I'm, the only reason i'm saying war is i'm thinking you know the example you gave genesis of the daleks which is a war mm-hmm. um, it's in middle of war it's in middle of war but then let's think of another one let's think um, uh, say
1: tomb of the cybermen
0: yeah what would you need you need to, you need some archaeologists yeah so you'd pick up like howard carter and um <laughs> uh and tony uh, to- tony robinson from time team <laughs> oh, this is funny i like this um, and then dump then dump them dump them on telos and tell them to get on with it yeah, I could see that being kind of funny. I, I'm now imagining like it would be funny to kidnap all of Time Team. From you, have, you, have you watched Time Team? It's an it's a great. There's not on anymore, but it's like a archaeology yep. show. Where anyway, yep. yeah. Just kid that, yeah. All of Time Team uh, Mick with his hat, Mick Aston. Um, is that no? That's not Mick. Mick Aston's is the one is the one with the with the stripy shirts. Anyway, um, yeah, and tell him to solve the solve the problem. No, you. Well, hang on. With two of the Cybermen, you'd have to get like a logic person as well, wouldn't you, to beat the Brotherhood of. Logicians. You get Dr. Hannah
1: Fry, who does a science presentation on BBC. She's a mathematician. Yeah,
0: she'd know all about logic. Yeah, exactly. You you (laughs) get like um, I don't know. Yeah, you get like someone who's famously good at logic. You, I mean, who invented logic? There must be. You get Aristotle or someone. (laughs) Yeah, you can. You can pick your Time Team from wherever. Wow, you could pick like a perfect. It's like it's like fantasy football. Like the perfect team of people to defeat the the exact problem that is being presented. Right? Or does that start to kind of break down this this as a a concept?
1: Well, I think if you have the perfect crew, then everything goes according to plan. I think you need to have the peril where you don't have the perfect crew. And you may have the perfect crew for one episode, but then what happens on the next episode, next story?
0: Yeah, so maybe you're talking like season-length crews. And maybe the first one, it's like, yeah, it's Aristotle and and Tony Robinson, um, and Howard Carter, and they're yes, they solve the tomb of the Cybermen, but then they're thrown into like something else, the next, the next story.
1: Well, abominable snowman.
0: What what do they do then? Exactly, yeah, they're like, what the hell? Exactly, Aristotle just wearing sandals mm-hmm. and like a like a toga, um, and he's he's cold immediately, and that's a problem. Um. Yeah, uh, so hang on, here's another question. So does the TARDIS reestablish its chameleon circuit so that it becomes more attractive to lure people in? Or does it stay a police box?
1: Mm, I don't think so for, for the classic series. I don't know what it would do for the modern series. Right. For the classic series, at least definitely for the 60s and 70s, I think the police box is known well enough. Yeah, absolutely. And in the 60s, people would be using it to contact the police. <laughs> police box. Sort of like how uh, Tegan Javanka did right? in Legopolis. So that you just find a, uh, maybe Aristotle is pickpocketed. <laughs> and and he sees uh, police written in, or whatever, <laughs> written right. written in Greece, and he goes in. Of course,
0: because and... the translation circuits it would be Greek, Greek letters, of right. course, yeah. <laughs> He goes in and oh, Eureka Eureka, that's the other one. Um uh, but yeah Yeah, um,
1: Archimedes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: He's like he gets into the bathtub. Anyway, apparently. Um Yeah, I, that could work. I mean it's a lot it's a lot more writing, I think. So like the show has a shortcut right now. Um in fact, I mean I think is well not in fact, but I'm just gonna give an opinion not a fact. I mean didn't RTD talk about you know the sonic screwdriver and being the sonic screwdriver back so that the doctor doesn't have to deal with a locked door ever because a locked door is like stops the plot immediately um, Yeah I think that in the
1: psychic paper those two things he doesn't have to introduce himself he doesn't have to unlock any doors
0: which is smart which is super smart and works really well I think Especially, I think during the later Moffat era, that you know, the and and I think particularly during the Chibnall era, the Sonic Screwdriver is now like a magic wand. It's like a Hogwarts-style wand, oh, which you know, you which, just wave it around, and it and it does you whatever you data, yeah, it does whatever yeah. you want to do, basically, which is kind of dumb and doesn't work. Um, and I think it's a good example of kind of mission creep in terms of writing. And again, I think it's the Psychic Paper is great, and I don't, I mean, the, the Psychic Paper has sort of fallen out of fallen out of fashion a little bit um yeah the recently. doctor gave
1: the psychic paper to graham to graham who then uses it, that, so. that was the introduction to ace or like oh friend of the doctor yeah
0: he uses to easy use to yeah. investigate volcanoes for some reason <laughs> but um so uh, where, where, where was i going with that um the the, the 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 there's a it's a shortcut oh yeah so the doctor is a shortcut so that people don't have to deal with i don't know what's going on we have to find out Because by and large, even if the doctor doesn't fully know exactly what's going on, they have the skills and the experience and the encyclopedic knowledge to at least lead us in the right direction. But if you were just to dump, like, just rando people, and, and you know, I'm kind of joking about Tony Robson and Aristotle, because obviously they've already got skills, but if it was just, you know, you and I... You know, there was a police box. Oh, we will just go inside. And then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. we're whisked off to um, the planet of evil, for instance. um, uh, And have to deal with some kind of antimatter monster and a recalcitrant crew of of kind of, you know, space, space people. Uh, We'd be in trouble. We'd be in trouble pretty quickly. And I don't think we do as well as the doctor and Sarah did. So the doctor is a shortcut to kind of getting the job done. Hmm. Right? He's he's like the sonic screwdriver of... The problem. ...getting things of the, of the yeah. problem. Yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the TARDIS would have to pick people who have the skills. You know, it's mm-hmm. like... I mean, you know, it's like the A-Team or something. So I'm using... I don't know why I'm using all these kind of American TV examples. But it's like the A-Team. You know, they've got... If you have the skills you, and if you can find us, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera.
1: Da, da, da
0: yeah that one you know the one
1: counter to this or another counter to this is this is effectively the first season of blake seven where they find the liberator oh, vet- empty it is the right crew because previous crews have been well just in that in uh in the second episode we're being driven out being driven insane so you effectively have uh, – granted, that the Liberator isn't a time machine, but you have the Liberator empty looking for the right crew. Um, you give the ship some kind of uh, interface with Zen, and they travel the universe or the
0: galaxy. writing wrongs. and trying to solve the current problem, rescue Villa <laughs> or whatever. Or, I mean, by I – mean, I'm going back to American shows. I mean, does this turn into like Star Trek where there's a bunch of people in a ship who – I mean, I think why I'm saying Star Trek is, and I'm talking about the original series, where they don't really have a, they don't go back anywhere. They're not based anywhere. They're not, they don't even really have to be human, particularly. The original series of Star Trek isn't really kind of, you don't, there's no real reason why these people are are from Earth other than they're from Earth, you see what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And they, you know, they ricochet around the galaxy, like doing things. And you know they are effectively a time machine because they can go to the planet of the Nazis and um, yep. the planet of the um, the planet of the people who are Christians and you know again solve that particular problem. So I have said you know the, the Starship Enterprise the original series is you know is effectively a time machine. It's a time and space machine, mm-hmm. very much like the TARDIS is. I.e., it's a thing that gets you to somewhere where plot is going to happen. Right. It's a plot delivery device the plot delivery device but now we're giving the plot delivery device like full agency and it's delivering you to the the, exactly the right plot for Mm -hmm. your own particular way of doing things right yeah Hmm. unless you know it is completely random and you're just delivering us your group of people into severe peril Without actually giving you any of the tools to to address that severe peril, which is is a, is I think that that's a potential problem, to me. But then that's with writing your, with your idea. But that's writing. Yeah, that's the you right. You gotta to, have yeah.
1: you have to you yeah. have to choose the characters that make sense. And if this is going to be a successful team, then you have to have the right mix. And it's on the TARDIS then yeah. to find the right mix. But that also adds peril or drama to the series that maybe this isn't the right crew, and maybe they aren't
0: going to make it. And maybe it's, it's going to be Team B. Which is Blake 7. You know, maybe these aren't the right people. You know, maybe, right. you know, Avon, maybe Avon is a bad person. i um, mm-hmm. trying to think, you know. Jury's still out on that one. <laughs> a jury's still out on that one. Exactly. <laughs> is it going to be like Blake 7? Are we going to have like a, uh, a master style person who's, um, you know, style master person who's kind of out to get us? Or are we literally randoing from century to century, from galaxy to galaxy.
1: I don't think you need a universal baddie. I think you can do it well
0: enough with repeat monsters: Daleks, Cybermen, Santarans. So we're still in we're still in the Doctor Who universe. Would you? We just. Yeah. I mean, could we? Could we? Could we do a Blake Seven and like one? You know, the kind of overarching story arc is we're looking for the Doctor. Like Blake, what, like we're looking for Blake for what would seem to be an interminable amount of yeah. time in, in Blake 7, because Gareth Thomas didn't want to do it anymore.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's take that and run with it. So that's a spinoff series uh, that goes parallel with uh, RTD's mainline Shooty was series. It debuts in 2024, and it is Donna or whomever looking for the Doctor. She has agency in the TARDIS, and yeah, she's trying yeah, to yeah. find get reun- reunited with the Doctor. I, you know, or yes, yeah. I don't know who would be a good candidate. Nardle. Tom Dick and Nardle. Those type of things also contributed to me thinking, well, there's nothing special like with isomorphic controls that the Doctor claimed is one to one with the TARDIS and pyramids and Mars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, there's any Tom Dick and Nardle <laughs> can pilot the pilot the TARDIS. So there's nothing as. This show has progressed. There really is nothing special about the doctor, other than that's your lead, and like you said, uh, he or she is the shortcut to the solution because you already have faith and confidence that this person is brilliant and will find a
0: way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, as you said, I mean, he's going to really put the pressure on the writers to be good at their job because if you don't have that shortcut, you've got to think of some. You know, every week you've got to think of a of a really you know believable and actionable way to to kind of defeat the peril um which isn't
1: that the case now which (laughs) i mean
0: (laughs) yeah i I mean you know and then it becomes you know again it becomes like a or like you know like time tunnel or something you know where they're kind of dumped into the past or the future or whatever i only saw three or four episodes of that show and they they've got a you know they're competent secret agents um and they have to like quickly macgyver something together to mm-hmm. to get themselves back to the time tunnel hq or th- something i can't remember anyway um yeah that kind of works would it would it be as distinctive a show though well yeah that's one point because yeah. i mean you know we we're, we're i'm we're kind of referencing lots of other shows It would just be like people in peril people in space peril show would it have been revived? That,
1: that's the first question. If it was just the blue box dumping people, solve the mystery or the problem, and continue on. That, that's probably the first question. Would RTD have revived it? You know, Sapphire and Seal didn't get re-picked yeah, up, for example. Yeah, yeah. Or Blake 7, which is very similar to this kind of concept, didn't get picked up. Is there, is there something magical about the Doctor character
0: well it's like
1: in addition to the TARDIS that makes it possible
0: yeah Sorry. I mean I think I think that I mean I think one regeneration is this obvious concept yeah. that means that like there's no there's no obvious stopping point okay lead actor wants to leave okay we can spend a couple of seasons looking for the lead actor like seven again mm-hmm. um, but still he still doesn't want to come back <laughs> and be that character again. <laughs> so uh, I guess we're going to have to stop the show now. I mean, that's not possible with Doctor Who because it's like, well, they, they can just be somebody else. Why, right. why are you stopping the show that we like? I mean, the Doctor has, you know, RTD experimented, you know, in that kind of the special season of Tenant, where you know the Doctor becomes you know way too full of himself and right. starts to kind of screw up. I didn't think that was hugely convincing, to be honest. Um, no. Uh, I mean, it worked a little bit, but it didn't work nearly as well as RTD said it was. In in my mind, you know. <sighs> hmm. I mean the yeah. I, I mean I don't want to kind of keep on criticize, but I mean the the reason why these thoughts come to your head is because is because of the Chibnall era. Yeah, pretty much. Well, the Chibnall era, and then RTD
1: recasting Tenet as the fourteenth Doctor. It's yeah. To me, the magic kind of is gone <laughs> a little bit.
0: Well, I mean, I, I mean, I think it's. I mean, the reason. I mean, I think the reason why, why, why we've got tenant for a year is because because Gadwa can't make the schedules, right? Because he's still doing other stuff. Is that
1: it? I thought the reason was I, they he's... wanted a familiar doctor for the anniversary year, but maybe it is Gatwa's shooting schedule.
0: Yeah, I've I've read a little bit, and this is just you know online, so it could be literally people made it up as usual. But I mean, I read somewhere and I can't remember where that it was more to do with, or the opinion of the person who was writing is it's more to do with Gatwa being a hot property and having a bunch of stuff to do, and I sorry mate, I can't do stuff next year. I've already got I've got to finish off sex education or whatever, uh, and then. RTD being stubborn enough to go and, like, well, I really want you to be my doctor. Um, We really need to have something for the 60th anniversary. Um, I bet I can get David to come back for for three specials, and because I'm RTD and I'm a you know I believe myself to to be a brilliant writer, and I am in some instances actually in some cases actually a brilliant writer. I know I can make this work, that's satisfying mm-hmm. for everybody. So I mean, I, I'm actually choosing to believe that in that that explanation at this point because mm-hmm. it makes me more sympathetic to what's going on. I mean, I sorry that's a digression. I guess I'm going back to the. The searching. I mean, this was you know one of the. I remember at the very beginning of the of the of the of the Jodie era, we were excited by the idea. We you know that the, the you know the Ghost Monument episode. Right. Like, okay, right. Maybe they're going to be looking for the Tardis for like two or three episodes. Of course, they didn't. Or the series. Found, yeah. yeah, they were just attacked by some scarves, and then they just it was just there. <laughs> they found it. Oh, it's, it's it's right there. Okay, cool. Um, you know where there's so many missed exciting plotty opportunities that were kind of missed through yep. disinterest, incompetence um, a mixture of the two possibly so so I mean looking for stuff is always good to have like an overarching you know mission mm-hmm. well that's what the McGann series is going to be all about the quest for the Doctor's father Ulysses, a, Ulysses. A, another search, another quest another que- a quest, and a narrative of some kind, they've got to find a grail see i mean we're watching we're watching a show right now on amazon prime called the peripheral which is like an ad- adaptation of a um, william gibson novel and i like william gibson i have not i've not actually read this novel um and it's reasonably entertaining mm-hmm. but it is it's it's interesting to watch shows fall into like standard okay someone's trying to kill us um we have to go and find a thing Right, and you know this show Peripheral has got a lot of cool kind of sci-fi dressing around it, and the set design is good, and the acting is good. But it really is there are two plots that run, and the, the the plots running at different times. So one is like in twenty thirty two, and the other is in like twenty there yeah, two thousand one hundred, and the twenty thirty two plot is someone's trying to kill us. And the the the, the hundred plot is, like, we have to find a thing that's missing. Mm. Um, and it's kind of disappointing because it's like, okay, those are the plots then. Like, someone's trying to kill us and they can't do it, which is dumb. Because, like, if you're sending all these amazing assassins to kill us and we're always beating them, even though we're just kind of earth people with guns, right. like, well... That's no good. So I, I guess so. I, that's a that's a long digression. By saying like I think the where I would see the problem, I think what's unique about Doctor Who is the character of the Doctor. And I know part of your thinking here is the character of the Doctor has kind of vanished, thanks to the Chibnall era, and they can be sort of anybody, anything now, right? But I think the difficulty is like falling into those kind of standardized plots. And what's what's so cool about Doctor Who is it's always always so been able to come up with interesting things to do in a sci fi context rather than fall back on its a mission we're trying to avoid death and my concern about your concept here is you would start to fall back on those con you know those kind of boring standardized plots
1: mm-hmm. well, maybe, but I think a lot of Doctor Who has been pretty standardized too, especially since the well, the monster season is season five. You you standardized under Base Under Siege and under siege, you, you really are going into modern day Doctor Who. You look at something like the Flux, something's trying to kill the Doctor but really can't do it. And then it's all sorts of adventures trying to find out what's trying to kill us. Yeah,
0: I think I think I think you're, you're exactly right. I think what I'm, i mean, you know I rambled on about the peripheral, but I think Flux is also exactly the same. I think mean, that's why Flux kind of failed for me is that mm-hmm. there's this inexorable thing that's destroying the universe, but you know it's not actually going to destroy the universe.
1: Well, it's a, it was the power of the Doctor too. It's the same thing. The Master's yep. trying to kill us, and we know the Master is ineffectual. Eventually, he's going to fail somehow. So I don't see that as really any different than yeah Uh, true. contemporary doctor who i think that's still the type of thing and i touch on regeneration yes regeneration was special i don't know if it's any less special now it's certainly way more dramatic way more overblown than it was yeah far too overblown it can be bestowed upon others it can be if you grew up on the tardis then you would have it Uh, it's become inconsistent. It's sort of like with Star Wars, with instead of you had the Force in the original trilogy, you have Metachloridians or whatever they are and Force energy and starting with the Phantom Menace and it becomes scientific. And I'm not saying that regeneration is scientific now, but... You can make some kind of biological sense of it, like with uh, lizards regrowing tails or whatever. Right, Like right, that. Right. But now it's as magical as the sonic screwdriver. Yeah. So I think, okay, so you have regeneration, but is that really any... Would that be really any different mm. than the Doctor actually dying and then a member of the crew assuming the mantle... Yeah, yeah. The it's title... It's the same, it's the same, yeah. yeah. ...of Doctor Who and... It could either be like the plot of The Mind Robber where you're always trying to find the next sucker to take on the role, or it could be this person has spent enough time with whatever predecessor Doctor Who there was that the next person, you know, it's my it's my duty to follow in his or her footsteps to become one of the Doctors Who and the TARDIS because the universe needs the Doctor and the TARDIS.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, I mean, I think... I mean, I think that's the point you're making, isn't it? Is that is that actually the the whole regeneration thing and the whole Doctor thing has become so detached from any kind of explanation that it, could, as you say, it could just be anybody. Yes, as long as they've got control or some some agency with the TARDIS, which you know, could be the TARDIS's choice since we've mm-hmm. established for. Again, undisciplined reasons. Uh, and I think, you know, the show is it's one of the joys of the show. It is very undisciplined. Right. But I think that has caused, you know, accretions, a mission creep of of various plot lines so that they, you know, they begin to kind of lose their sense um, because there's no one kind of disciplining the the show to a canon. It just can be whatever it wants to be, which is, you know, which is, I guess, is what it is now. If it can be about everything, it
1: ultimately becomes about nothing.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, to me, the genius discipline of the show in its inception, I think all the way up until the um, Nathan Turner era, is that it was for kids. Right, which meant that the people writing for it couldn't just say, everyone gets tortured or, like, everyone gets killed or, like, it's really Mm -hmm. horrible. You know, that there wasn't a kind of, there wasn't a violent adult explanation for things. So it made adult writers have to be really inventive in coming up with sort of, you know, kid-friendly and inverted commas solutions to things. The Doctor couldn't just kill everybody. Mm. And I think that's one of the things that made it unique, that unlike other shows you know the answer is not just mass murder um
1: right as a solution there's still mass murder or there's still no one gets out alive type stories
0: but it's not the but doctor the, the, the doctor the committing the doctors themselves <laughs> can't just pick up a you know can't just okay i'm i'm a mechanical genius i'm just going to build a bomb uh, we'll just leave the bomb we'll, right. we've got a magic machine that can take us to the middle of the headquarters of the evils. We'll just leave the bomb there and we'll magic ourselves away and the bomb will explode and they'll all be dead. Right. Which is, you know, you could imagine that's something that could happen basically in every episode of Doctor Who. He just ricochets around the universe, to, to polishing, you know, depositing <laughs> bomb bombs. Bomb squad. Uh, yeah, bomb squad. You're, you're literally just dropping bombs inside bad people's headquarters and, and exploding them. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, going back to Star Trek, I'm always kind of amazed, not amazed, but, you know, they've got this technology, this transporter technology. They can just transport things, you know. You don't even have to go anywhere. <laughs> right. You know, why, why are there even doors? You know, they, why can't they just transport from room to room? So, yeah, you know, so, I mean, I think, I mean, that's one of the things I think that makes it special is the kid thing. Um, so I think your new show would have to have that discipline on top of it. It's okay. You know, you can't just, you can't just do something bad to defeat the bad. Yeah. You, you, you can never be morally compromised. Mm-hmm. And I think if you get just get random people, that would be their temptation is to just do the wrong thing.
1: I think the random people is a little too random in order to have a tv show that anyone watches you need charismatic lead characters that either are inspirational or identifiable right and so if you're just going to have bad people continuously i don't see it as being a a successful long-term series but if you have people that grow into the show say doctor who Died in the cave of skulls. Okay, and it just becomes Ian and Barbara rescu-
0: Ian rescuing
1: but... Susan. Um, Chesterton was set up to have scientific knowledge, and of course, he couldn't understand that wasn't where they were going. Uh, that's you know the doctor says this is you know this is child play. Any child on my home world could understand this, but you know Chesterton couldn't. But you could you could see how early on in the DNA that a character like ian chesterton a scientist in there combined with a historian like barbara right would go and maybe make sense of the tardis especially with susan who's been in there before maybe you know i i'm just i'm not seeing i guess like you pointed out Mm. Chibnall has kind of made it so, like, anyone, anytime can be the doctor. Right, right, right. There's not anything inherently special, and there's really not anything inherently special about Gallifreyans either because they just uh, stole the regeneration DNA from
0: Whatever the doctor. Whatever the doctor is, was, yeah, could be. Right,
1: and I would liked it better when the doctor was one of a society that chose to do good because he didn't want to just sit around passively and... Just sit and observe, which is what all most of all the other Gallifreyans do. I liked it that it was a choice, and now the Doctor is a victim of an uh, entire society. There's not that agency that he or she left. Uh, it's you know you have this big manipulative thing called a division. It's really stretched what I liked about the character of the doctor to the point where I don't see the character of the doctor existing anymore. Right, It's been retconned and changed. And I would go back even as far as saying, I'm not sure you even need the character of the doctor. I, I think the show has made it. So the character of the doctor is baggage rather than central to the core tenets of the program.
0: Yeah, no, I, and I, I think, I mean, yeah. Um, but aren't you aren't you basically saying that whoever is in the TARDIS for a season and you have to have someone who's in charge that person is basically the doctor. Yep. So you're sort of saying basically what you're describing is what the show's like now. I guess. Is the is <laughs> is, the, is that there's other, but your your own difference is, is that person is not a is not a kind of blank canvas with weird backstory that gets changed whenever you need it to be changed, but is an actual person. So it's you know it's it's Ian Chesterton, it's you know Leela from the Tribe of the Sever team, it's Tegan Jovanka, the air hostess. Um they are basically the doctor for a season and they have to using their in innate goodness and the skills that the TARDIS helps them achieve or helps them uh, attain solve the problems that you know, I mean the TARDIS could still be random, it could still be like, oh whoops, we're somewhere else by mistake, you know, which I think is always is, you know, works well. But I suppose if the person doesn't really know where they're going, it always is whoops. Mm-hmm. Um I mean that was one thing I really liked about the TARDIS
1: is you couldn't use the TARDIS to solve the plot because if you because got into the it, TARDIS, just, you can't pilot right, it. Right, right.
0: Yeah. Which again, I mean, I think is the is the the problem with the indiscipline of the show over I mean, I, I'm I'm criticizing for the show not being disciplined, but it is like sixty years old, so I mean, I think to imagine a discipline to have been applied over all that time I think is wrong. Um, but you know, it has allowed itself to kind of spin out of control a little bit, and I think that's that's what I'm placing—that's the blame I'm placing on Chibnall—is he's 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 basically he set the controls for the Heart of the Sun kind of thing. You know, he's just like Wah! and it, the the, you know, the show's spinning out of control. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I don't see that being reined in anytime soon. Yeah,
0: and I, I I mean I think you know the only possible person I think to be able to re- rein it in is, is RTD. And I think he will rein it in through some agendas, which I think is good and helpful. But I don't think he's going to be able to solve a lot of the unsolvable other than just basically ignore it. You know, just ignore the division and ignore, you know, the flux, which I guess we've kind of ignored already because it doesn't seem to have had a huge amount no, of repercussions. No. Um, flux you gone. Just ignore all yeah. that stuff, you know, just kind of ignore all that stuff and... I don't know. Um,
1: but going back to, yeah. I think if you had the doctor be anyone from the get go, rather than a, t- a title, a role, rather than a character, you can find people. You could even have like a Care Avon type character be in that role because you have the original doctor's cantankerous, you know, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy type character? Right. I think you could even have someone uh like Elizabeth Bennett from Pride and Prejudice as the main character who's not Wow okay a soldier or Sherlock Holmes or Han Solo, you could have more of right, the right. hero's journey growing into the role. You could see Yasmin Khan, well, maybe not Yasmin Khan, but you could see Yasmin Khan taking over the mantle of the doctor and trying to live up to it. Now, whether that be successful or not, that comes down to the writing. I think that's what a theme of our podcast has always been. It always comes down to the writing. So I don't see how this is much different.
0: Right, right, right. Our plea is for good, good writing. Always, 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 always. Which, and I think with I think that is something that you get.
1: At least you're going to get the the feels. You're going to get the quality of the emotions yeah. being delivered to kind of screen plot. Maybe not so much, but at least there's going to be some emotional integrity to your story.
0: Yeah, it's, it's it's sort of achievable, and I think, I mean, I don't. You know, obviously, we don't want to fall into like just random Chibnall bashing, but there was a lot of promising about writers' rooms and, you know, American style, blah, blah, blah. And none of that happened for whatever reason. Uh, And I think, I mean, I think you're correct. I think the analysis you put over the top is we had a showrunner who didn't really want the job and was just kind of doing it because someone asked him to and had a lot of ideas of what he wanted to do for the show, which didn't actually that were ideas of he wanted to do rather than kind of really were based in um, what the show needed. I think with RTD, we've got someone who's, um, uh, I was going to say a harder worker, but, you know, someone who's more, someone who doesn't have anything to prove by making change and maybe cares more about the show. I don't know. So we'll see. But yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a a writing. It's a writing problem. We need better writing. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean I I mean I think your idea is not, you know obviously is not. Do you think it's doable?
1: I think it's been done actually. I mean I think it's been done in parts. Yeah, it is it is the show. You look at Blake 7. Right. It's kind of Blake 7 in a way. Right. Right, right, right. Um, I, I I don't recall if there is much time travel or any time travel in Blake Seven, but I mean, I think I mean Star I mean, Trek like, definitely I mean, does, I mean,
0: like Star Trek. I mean, I think there is effective time travel in Blake Seven, in that basically whatever planet you go to is whatever planet you need that planet to be to have the plot happen. Right. And actually, in some ways, if you make if you if you kind of analyze it like that, I mean, time travel is actually a it's a burden because you have to go back in the past for that to make any sense. And if you go back in the mm-hmm. past, then you're stuck with um it, you know, if you go back to earth's past you're stuck with what are you going to do mm-hmm. so you're actually just having it just be space where basically whatever planet you go to is right for the plot then uh, i think that's an easier writing challenge really
1: or you get rid of space entirely and it's entirely go back in time I, I, it's already been done i mean all these yeah, I mean, all I these think, twists th- have already been done so it's yeah. that intersection of the doctor and the tardis that make doctor who
0: yeah i mean i think the problem with always going back in time is the rosa problem it's like okay if you go back to somewhere interesting where there's real change then that change didn't either did happen and you don't you know you don't want to you don't want to ascribe that real positive change to a show plot or You go back to the Holocaust and, like, well, okay, well, we didn't stop that. So why didn't you if you can change everything? You know, you
1: do more Gangs of New York rather than Rosa Parks. You do, yeah, go back to interesting situations. And if it's the Holocaust, you go back and you try to keep one person out of the camp that if that person doesn't survive then this happens you you make it small you this problem always with rtd that i'm I'm so concerned The stakes are always so high so big and then you try to outdo yourself every time it becomes farcical it's it's just it, it becomes like something you'd read about in the onion rather than a real drama
0: yeah, and I mean, I think, I mean, but I mean, I think that's also true of, I mean, I think that's true, true of all of them. I mean, I think if you look at the flux where you get these giant stakes, mm. the giant stakes, which end up actually not being any stake at all. They're just a a thing, you know. Yeah. I, I also see it with Big Finish, whenever, you know, that, intro- which was good and I enjoyed it. You know, the intro- when they introduced the Ninth Doctor series, there's like an overarching, ah, which you've got to ah deal with, and then yeah, you've dealt with it, and it's just something that you then immediately forget about. I really would like, again, as you said, I'd really like the show to go back down to small-ish problems. I mean, obviously they have to be big. You know, the the doctor can't like help someone find you know their shoes.
1: Crinoid size, crinoid, crinoid size, size problems. problems, exactly.
0: Yes, but not. There's too much universe-spanning peril, um, which is then. Like, you know, like this example I was giving of the peripheral is like, if you keep on sending, you know, assassins who are unstoppable to kill us, and we keep just stopping them, then you're obviously not sending us unstoppable assassins. And they don't, they don't really matter that much. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. well it is drama it is way to pass 45 minutes to an hour no it's something that's really really important that we have to podcast about for 216 podcasts no you know, we, ha- it's, it's... we have to talk about it but you have to listen listeners. yes exactly <laughs> yes sucker who's the loser now you just listen to all of this uh... <laughs> Well, you could... We we really
1: <laughs> appreciate you listening to us. Thank we, you.
0: We we unreservedly take that back. Um uh, thank <laughs> you. Thank you for listening to us. Um it's uh, it's a podcast. Come on. Um yeah, so yeah, there you go. I mean, I think that's I'm mean, we we've done like Yeah. over an we're hour good. on this one. Yeah. We're yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, I think this is you know, I think these thought experiments are interesting ways to think about the show and where the show's going. Mhm. My own personal hope is that the specials next year reignite your love of the show? Because I I feel that that's fallen off a little bit for you, but you know you never know. Yeah. it might do. Might do. You might find you yeah you might find it coming back, or you might not. Who no, knows? So.
1: We'll have to see. We will have to see. Yeah, it's all in the hands of Russell T Davis. RTD two exactly. <laughs> Right. Well, thank you for listening to episode 216 of the Metabilis 2 podcast. I have been thinking about the doctorless TARDIS with
0: Ben. And I have been entertaining David's thesis um, with David. <laughs> <laughs> I've been entertaining that particular thesis with, with, with the David in question. Excellent. Um, yeah, until, <laughs> un- until, next, until next time. Well, goodbye.